0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC. If you like, the staffage in the
1: show ring are um, physically on the decline. Because the minute you start um, uh, insisting on a uh, exaggerated standard of height, yet you pay no attention to the uh, desired uh, weight you're on the slide okay Um, then you've got the other pocket of people that are doing the agility and if you like they're doing the breed a service because they're proving that their dogs are physically capable of uh, doing what they should so if you like it's all is not lost but when you're talking about dog shows the breed is is uh, is in a dire state certainly over here uh, the last time I was at Crufts as well, I saw the slide in England. I mean, I remember being in dog shows in 1990 and you would see dogs that could, you know, do a good day's work and they're being shown in that condition. They, that was a joy to see. Fast forward to 2012, I think, was the last time I was at Crufts. I saw the standard of dogs there. Just in the space of 20 years, the standard has gone down. So, Uh, if you're looking at Staffordshire Bull Terriers and me as a judge dead simple like the old A partner said can the dog do the job I only have to look at the dog to see if it's 90% capable of doing one on one, the rest is just details, now when you switch to the Bulldogs you've got a big big job on your hands because they say for example right knee hip test your Bulldogs
2: most bulldogs are displeasing. Most bulldogs' hips are shot. Most bulldogs' elbows are shot. Uh, another thing, a vet, uh, I knew a good vet that said, I can put the dog out, put it on the table, and give you whatever
1: you want. I can manipulate to give you double A's or double D's. You know, I can do whatever you want. So again, you to, the
2: vet that's in charge of doing the dogs. Is he competent? Does he know what he's doing? Uh, can you trust him? Uh, for example, the German shepherds—you the, know, there was big
1: money in years ago. They all went to the same guy to do their readings, and they all come out with double A dogs. But you know, at two, three years of age, they're all limping. Yeah. You know, so well, the minute that it makes me laugh, the minute that the bulldog community said "Right, let's go and hip test," you know, you're not gonna, you're gonna get some sort of bad surprises when you when you get the results because most dogs and um, bulldogs especially modern day bulldogs their hips are shocked. I remember using a car de boue. The car de boue uh, he didn't have any hips uh, the hip socket was flat so it, it just slid it was the muscle that held his hips in place the dog died at 12 years old and at 12 years old he could still jump above your head. You see what I mean? So it's You've got to be careful when you start paying too much attention to specific health checks. Now, if you've got the Amstaffs with the, the the chemical disorder in the head, okay, that can be tested. Uh, you've got the Staffordshire Terriers, same thing with the chemical things, the cataracts, that can be tested. When you start, you know, my dog's been uh, you know, um, uh, had the radio for his, his shoulders and hips, and he's brilliant, therefore you should use it. You have gotta be pay attention for that. And the same thing, without getting too in, deep into things, is common sense. If you're gonna use a stud dog, at least go and see him. Go for a walk, see the dog on the move, see how he moves, see how he interacts with see, Look and think, without going into his health checks, is that a dog that I wanna use? Is that a dog that's got solid nerves? Is that a dog that, you know, uh, he wants to fight or he wants to, to make uh, my bitch? You know, is that a dog that's pugnacious? Is that a dog that's that's, that's proud, that's boosting with uh, with confidence? So that's 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 common sense. When you start saying, well, forget all that, show me the paperwork to see that he's been tested for this, this, and this, you know, in an ideal world, you need both but when people in Bulldog start getting too deeply involved in that, I know you've got to start somewhere, but the race, the Bulldog, is, has got so many problems, health problems, through years and years of bad breeding, um, breeding just for money, that it's, it's a huge, uh, the French would say chantier, it's a huge building site to start on. So... All I would say is back to common sense, if you, if you, and I've done it myself. Steve Barnett said to me, uh, forget the bulldog. The bulldog's a lost cause. He said, forget it. He said, go to an old. Cross, go to an old. Bulldog's not worth it. And that stuck with me because being a very sort of competitive type, I said, well, oh, yeah, let me show you. And I've always done that. You know, my Staffords, I took on a bull terrier years ago to prove that you could make a bull terrier into a machine. If you say I can't do it, I'll do it just to prove you wrong. So the bulldogs I took on, it was just common sense. It was, uh, for example, the bulldogs, I'm not going to leave her on the sofa and walk the Staffords. No, she comes with me with the Staffords. If I take the bike to work, she's coming with me jogging along with the bike. If I decide the weekend I'm going to put a backpack on I'm going to hike a mountain, she's coming with me. And little by little, you've got to be a little bit you know, uh, careful that you don't overdo it, but the dog will follow. And so, you don't know, feed too much. And It's just it's, it's the common sense. And then when you
2: select, if you decide that you want to marry, you select a dog that's not exaggerated and which is capable physically, mentally,
1: is very switched on, and then you select in the box, litter of pups, what do I want? And after a few generations, you've got what you want. Yet there is with bulldogs, you know, uh, unfortunately there's a lot of surprises. You know, you can have uh, cleft palates, you can have uh, all sorts of deformities when they're, when they're born. You've got, of course, the cesarean sections because uh, I let my bitches took the chance. The vet was on standby, but I want to see if she could do it on her own. Most people would never take that risk because they would say, it's two and a half grand a pup. Uh, Right, that's uh, five pups, ten grand. Lovely. You see what it is? Most people don't take that risk. They unzip, they take the pups out. Job done. Male, same thing. Big fat English bulldog male. I'm not going to risk he has a heart attack. Artificial. So uh, they, they used to say that the English bulldog was the only breed of dog that if you left a pair in a field and came back five years later they'd both be dead you know what I mean most uh, staffers would breed like rabbits uh, the bulldogs can't do it what I did and I'll, I'll put photos out for you my males used to mate naturally my females used to uh, whelp naturally uh, but it's it's the exception to the rule and the the weird thing is, um, people that are looking for bulldogs today want that cartoon fat type asthmatic bulldog. They don't want fit bulldogs. The people that want fit bulldogs are the old time breeders, and even now there is a, a fashion with loads of fancy colours and blue lilac, and so you know you're completely off the board. If you want a decent bulldog that can go on a family walk with you at the weekend, uh, you're really going to have to do your own work, you know what I mean? So when I'm talking about health tests, health tests are very good, but that's only part of the equation. You need to sort of weigh up everything and use a lot of common
2: sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I proved with the, the bulldogs that
1: I bred, I proved it can be done. And then I, I moved on, you know, I, I haven't bred pure English Bulldogs for a while. I've got a little program of olds because that was something that passioned me at the time. Again, they said, yeah, it can't be done. So, my, me particularly, I went to the, the last working Bulldog that exists, it's the Car
2: But even in the Car they have used other breeds to keep it going. So you've got um, you know, Heinz
1: 57, you've got a, a mixed batch, when you bring in uh, a card of your blood, you're bringing in a bit of everything as well. So it's up to you to do the selection and it, it will be after five or six generations that you would start getting some sort of uniform, you know? But most people don't want to wait that long. Most people are looking for uh, sort of quick money. Yeah. A, a bulldog, this yeah. is the worst thing yeah. that can happen is you look into a, a bulldog's eyes you see that it's a dog that wants to, there you go, yeah. it's a dog that wants to do it, and the body is is uh, sort of, uh, you know, is handicapped. And that was the worst thing. But I remember a guy, I, I once gave a pup to a guy that I knew his, his wife was fan, and he, never, he didn't want to buy his wife a bulldog. And so I gifted them a bulldog. And he, it was a very smart bulldog, he was small, his name was Boston. And he was he was small, uh, very sporty,
2: and the guy deliberately kept him overweight. And he used to walk his dog
1: with his staffers, as I used to walk my Bulldogs with my staffords. But you could see the dog was carrying too much weight all the time to keep up with his dogs. You know what I mean? So if you're gonna have a Bulldog go out on a walk with you, obviously you're not gonna walk at 40 degrees in the, in the summer. But if you're going out early morning with your dogs, the dog, you know, don't handicap him by keeping five kilos or six kilos too much weight on him. Slim him down. Mm-hmm. You know, don't force the dog to, to, to you know, go over the, his limit. You know, just his common sense again. And sadly, the dog passed away in his basket. His, you know, his heart gave up. Mm-hmm. But um, his idea of a bulldog was this big fat thing. Okay, well, if, it's, if you're going to keep a big fat thing, don't be walking at you know, five, six miles a day. Is, you see what I mean? So you wouldn't, you know, it, it, again, it's just common sense, but some people have this idea in their heads that a bulldog should be like that. Okay, well if you want a bulldog like that, get one, but then don't ask me if you can go jogging with it. You know, it's just common sense. People will ring me for an old time bulldog and say, yeah, I'm a keen runner. Okay. Is it okay if I, I do 10Ks you know, every morning with my dog? And I'm like, you know, are you stupid or are you doing that on purpose? You know, it's, there are other breeds of dog for that. Get a fucking Dalmatian or get, a, you know, a collie or an Australian cattle dog. That'll run with you. Yeah, but well, I like bulldogs. Yeah, but it's not compatible with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, go for a run and come back and then eat clips with it on the sofa in front of the tummy. He'll be happy, mm-hmm. but don't force the dog to run
2: with you. And the
0: thing is, with all types of ball breeds, is in their head, they want to please their master, so they will, yeah. so, you know. So it's, it's,
1: if you like, the breeds of the dogs I chose suited me. Stafford suited me because, you know, I lived uh, in, a, in a surf bus for a year, uh, renovating a house in the deepest, darkest France, uh, with my Stafford, you know she didn't complain you know when it was icy cold and the wind was howling she didn't complain it was a it was a, your best mate and my life was you know there are photos you know all over europe with uh, the dog was always somewhere near me you know she never complained she never got sick she never it was a, just a good dog mm-hmm. now if you had an english bulldog and you wanted to do that If you're having a beach party, you've got to think, oh, I need an umbrella to put my dog in the shade. Or I need, you know, if we're going to swim out to the rocks to then be diving in the rocks all afternoon, uh, how am I going to take the bulldog out there with me? See what I mean? So the the types of dogs that I chose were the types of
2: lifestyle that I led.
1: It's just common sense. Mm -hmm. When I had my bars, I got the bulldog in as the mascot. But at the same time, I'm not gonna leave the bulldog at home when I exercise my dogs. So the bulldog's coming with me. So, hence, I had a line of bulldogs, if you like, that were very fit, and people would say to me, but it's magical, what's
2: the magical formula for for doing that? It's just common sense, it's no real magic. I could sell you something, I
1: could make something up, and tell you that, you know, it's, come and buy dogs from me, no, it's common sense You know, you feed less and you do more. You know, if you're going to start breeding, all right, but to common sense again, don't go to any exaggeration. Look for proven lines, do a bit of of research in the families. How was the mother? I know of a woman the other day, she went to America to buy an English bulldog that was from a free whelping line and she paid 12,000 pounds for it. I mean, you know, free whelping should be. the norm, natural. Now it's like, wow, there's a bitch over there, she's a freak, she can give birth naturally. She's worth 12 grand. You see where we're going? As soon as humans and clubs and standards and poor judgment get involved, the breeds nose-dive. I mean, again, the old boys would say that you can breed out any fault in two generations. Now, okay, I listen to the old boys. I don't sort of question and say, no, that's bullshit. I'll listen and I'll say, okay, uh, status, for example, a bad ear carriage, uh, uh, maybe, you know, the uh, pigmentation, um, angulation. Yeah, okay, okay, I can see where you could correct that with, yeah, okay, English Bulldogs are so far gone I would say five, four or five generations to get where you want to get. Because don't
2: forget, in the old days, they used to cull the pups that weren't up to the standard. Mm. Today, people
1: shy away from that. So the culling, in the old days, uh, there would be a box of pups and the, you know, the bitch had eight pups. The guy would say, yeah, but I only, want, I only want five. So we'd knock three on the head. And today we say, well, that's that's, that's just outlandish. You know, I'm gonna call Petter or call, uh, you know,
2: call Crime Watch. And then the guy's a scandal. No, in the old days, the grandfathers and all that, they, they used to do it like that. This one's weak. Mm-hmm. This one, don't want that, don't want this. This is what I'm looking for. But now we've got a monetary
1: value attached and then you've got all the pressure from outside. People don't color anymore, so you have many substandard dogs going out into the nature, which will breed as well. So you can get sort of general quality of a breed drops quickly. So,
0: so uh, let let's say the 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 what are some of the top things that would say for you with an English bulldog that you would not breed? That's that's not a breedable dog. I can't do it. Uh,
1: bulldog, and somebody said, "Right, I, I want to breed from this dog. The first thing I would do is take the dog for a walk. Now, has the dog for a Is the dog is it having trouble walking? You know, they, they force and, and, and roll and is he free moving? I mean, look at the 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 ball, uh, a, a decent ball, ball. is a heavy dog, seventy kilos, and, and the way it moves, it glides, it's poetry in motion." The bulldog, even though it's not to that standard, should be the same. It should move. should be free and easy moving. Okay. Look at the nostrils. Are they pinched? Are they pinched? Can he breathe? I mean, he's got that big, heavy core. He's got those lungs to fill. If his nose is pinched, how is he going to breathe? Is he walking on his tongue after five minutes? If it's the case, scratch your head and think, well, you know... What is he going to bring to me in my breeding program? You see what I mean? Uh, a female, is she too small? Because you know, if you breed her and the dogs put the, the, the big head on him, the little pelvis, you know it's going to be a cesarean. You know, with a female, for example, you want a big old boat. You want something that you can see there's place for the pups and she's got some hips on her and she, she you know. It's back to common sense again. You're not looking for exaggeration and you're not hoping for miracles. You know, the dog, if you're looking for health, well, take him for a walk. Go for a normal walk and see how he does. And then if if that's all right, if you want to push it a bit further, throw the ball for him a bit, throw throw the stick, get him to jump a bit. See, See how he goes. I'll send you some pictures of my bulldogs jumping and and doing all sorts of bits and pieces and they're, they're English bulldogs. Uh, same thing, after a bit of sport, see if he's lame. See if without going to do your, your radio and your, your checking at the vest to see if he's disposing. Common sense, after doing a little bit of exercise and bits and pieces, is he walking on three legs afterwards? Is he hopping? Is he favoring one leg? Is there a lameness? So you wanna see if the dog in question
2: is sound. And if the dog is sound, move to the next the next level, right? Okay, the dog
1: physically, he is sound. Let's do a little bit of homework. Uh, what was his parents like? Now, it would be in your uh, favor if you knew a bit of the history of the dogs. Well, the grandfather was very good. Uh, the grandfather died at 12 years old. You know. uh, my last bulldog, dog, he
2: lived outside uh, his whole life. He was even a guard dog
1: of one of the farms I had. He was attached attached to a big tree, and he would let me know if anything was coming by. The dog at minus 15 or plus 40, he was outside. English Bulldog.
2: He drifted off and passed away uh, in the spring sunshine here uh, this year. He was 12 years old. Mm
1: -hmm. There was a dog that that ate uh, like the other dogs, he slept outside, he was hardy, he walked with the other dogs, played with the other dogs, he was boisterous, you know, he was a male, he wanted to fight the, the, the boys and marry the girls. A real bulldog. That's that's the selection. And funnily enough, the people who wanted him at stud were the old English guys. Yeah. Dusky, the dog, is behind lots of the old English programs around Europe, it, yet, Hardly anybody with pure English bulldogs wanted him because it was what they considered too extreme. So, the English bulldog and the um, the whole thing around health is um, is probably one of the the sort of most complicated subjects of the whole sort of dog world. Because I mean, even the Kennel Club the other day changed the standard because they knew they were going into a dead end. They knew that the dog was so far gone, they was just, you know, it was rife with problems. So they actually, without admitting that they'd gone wrong, they changed the standard. You see what I mean? So, it's, it, if you're gonna put a program together, I mean, David Levitt in 71, he put the program together for the Levitt. Um, everybody knows about that. He had the right idea. Okay, he went about it in a certain fashion and he had the right idea. There haven't really been any sort of Bulldog program since since him, you know? Uh, the American Bulldogs, for example, which is a physical dog, is, is so vast. I mean, you know, I've judged, I've judged in Germany at just 130 dogs and you've got everything, everything. And in between, it's, you know... very heavy heavy bully types the johnson heads the 100 kilo dogs down to dogs that look like hounds you know and they're all considered american bulldogs it's again you've got dogs with very very bad temperaments but then they are used as guard dogs at the house so personal aggression you know would be accepted but so it's The Bulldogs is one of the the most challenging things. If if you're gonna try a a program, for example, if you want to breed of Bulldogs, it is very challenging and you really need to sort of do your homework, take your
2: time, a lot of patience and a lot of common sense. Now, health,
1: you won't go wrong, Mm -hmm. because health is positive. How can anybody uh, vote against health? How can they see that as a bad thing? Mm Uh, what? Why would you pay for 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 pounds, euros for an English bulldog and then you take out uh, an abondment with your vet because every month you're at the vets for something and then your dog dies in front of your kids at five years old? Why would you do that? Well, who would want that? So if you say, well, I am championing a, a course that a bulldog will be just like any other dog and it will pass away maybe between 10 and 12 years old and it can do everything normal people do. Uh, What's wrong with that? You know, and this is is one of the strange things about the dog world is because some people who want the betterment of a breed or they want their purest, you know, people throw stones at them and they say, yeah, well, you know, you're only saying that because... No, because you know your your idea, your goal is is a worthy one. Is health. You know you want the dog to live. You know a, a, a quality of life. Mm-hmm. You know you don't want the dog just to exist. Now you know Staffordshire Bull Terriers were great, but the show Staffords now are going in that direction. I mean I've seen Staffords where the guy puts them in a static and he can literally go off for a, a coffee and come back and the dog is just empty. It's just a void look and it's just stood there in static and waiting for the judge to look at it. That's not a Bull Terrier. That's a dog that's lobotomized. That's a dog that you've uh, selected over generations to dampen down. It's, it's you know, the, the natural sort of clown that it is. And the same thing, English Bulldogs, if you have a... I went to a show with an English bulldog of mine. Obviously, I got thrown out immediately. They said, no, no, no. The judge said to me, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things here. Uh, stop the sport and give her more to eat. I said, thank you very much. Uh, and au revoir. But uh, it's the same thing. The bulldog, the health and the well being of the animal is secondary in Stafford we're not there yet Pit Bulls is not even worth talking
2: about because that is what people should be aspiring to mm-hmm. but um, you know
1: why do I like Boer Balls? Boer Boers was the champion of Mastiffs again I, I listened to the, the article that you, you sent me the other day um, I'm in agreement that the Boer now there's a lot of money involved so people were producing at mass to make money but when you look back in history, the bulldog was, and the video I sent you the other day, uh, they still exist. The good ones still exist. You see what I mean? Yeah, no, so, I agree. I mean, we, we go back to basics. You think really, uh, before the First, Second World War, they were comparing papers? Not at all. A good dog is a good dog. If you go in down to uh, the basics, look at the gypsies. The gypsies have lurchers a lurcher that doesn't catch a hair to feed the family isn't worth anything Mm -hmm. it's not worth feeding see what i mean Mm -hmm. so the selection is there so if you've got uh, the gypsies with dogs you know they're good ones because they have to work the gypsy can't afford to keep a dog that doesn't work that doesn't pay his way Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Uh, they, they have a famous saying which is if a dog doesn't earn his keep It ain't worth keeping. So, and that's, uh, you know. So, I pretty much go back to basics like that. The Staffordshire Bull Terriers that are here with me
2: are dogs that earn their keep, and they're worth keeping. Mm -hmm. They all have something that
1: merits their place here.
2: I haven't got indefinite places, you know, chain spots for miles to, to put dogs on. I've got a small kennels, and each... Place in his kennels is precious, so a dog really has to merit his place
1: to be here. Mm-hmm. A stud dog for me really has to merit his place as a stud dog because for me, that's got my stamp of approval. And when he's put across another bitch, I'll even go further. That a, a stud dog for me, I want not only is he ticks all the boxes, but he is capable of putting his stamp on. Any sort of scatterbread bitch. Mm-hmm. I had one, the famous Charlie Brown dog that went to um, an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had the ability, you could put him over a goat and he would produce good savage of bull terriers. I mean, this dog had the ability of correcting all the faults. I mean, he, uh, there are a few kennels today that can thank him for correcting all of the crap in their lines. And it's very rare. I mean, he was one. I've got other dogs that are good. With some bitches, it's not so good. With others, okay. Yeah. But uh, with the, the Charlie Brown dog, any dog, any bitch I put him over produced quality dogs. So, And that's, if you like, that's the Holy Grail. That's what you're looking for is as your as you're breeding. You you want a dog like that
2: because that's what you want to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And when you've produced a dog like that, you it's never-ending because
1: you think, but can I produce another one like that? Or I'd like another one like that, but just a little bit different. I mean, you could be, I'm my own worst critic. Charlie Brown, for example, was perfection. But then I say, yeah, maybe it was a little bit long in the back. You know, so it's, with me, it's, and that's what keeps it interesting.
0: I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it, you know? Mm -hmm. so. You know, it's interesting to me. Like I talk to some people, uh, especially in the the working and sporting community, which is is in a lot of ways foreign to me. And I'm learning, and, and I'm enjoying the learning process. Uh, there, they they always liken, well, just like a uh, 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 VJ said in about the boar bowl. You, you add money to it, there's a problem. And I, and I agree to a, to a lot of extent, but I think there's, you know, in a lot of ways, you can have a program that's legit and make money. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I think you can marry those, and I think, you know, and you can market your dogs in a way as long as they're proven for but, most the part. The, the, the
1: key in that is
0: patience. Yeah.
1: most people today haven't got.
0: Right. Patience. Right. You know? Yeah, that's, I guess... But if you want to produce something decent,
2: it's going to take you three years. Mm. And most people want to get in and out. The breeders today, I mean, uh, I've had people ring me up that don't know me and start telling me how it is. Yeah, we well, understand. I've done this, I've done that. Mm. I let
1: them speak. I'm thinking, Jesus, this is, you know... The guy is completely lost, but I know these are, we call them pop noodle specialists. Mm -hmm. You know, you just add water, and then you've got an instant specialist. And uh, the the thing is, there's so many of them, and that's the danger to the breed, the detriment to everything, is these people are opportunists. They come in and out. They'll come in, they'll fuck everything up, and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. So in five years, no one's gonna remember their kennel name, but the damage they've done rolls on for years you see what i mean and mm. it's i mean the the ball ball guy said uh breed dog breeding is actually very amateur and and i agree with him there are a lot of amateurs there's a lot of, of uh, you know sort of uh what do they call them alchemists only really, they're not alchemists they want to be alchemists they come in and they yeah, yeah, I'm going to produce the next best thing. And when they kind of work out after three or four litters that it's not as easy as all that, they abandon it and move on to the next breed. And there are so many examples of that here. It's very rare that you'll fall onto a breeder that's stayed in the breed through thick and thin, and 30 years later, he's still there working. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's a
1: rarity because, you know, people will look at him and say, well, you know, uh, you know haven't you made your money yet? Well, no, you don't understand. I'm not there for making money.
2: You know, I make my money other ways. Mm -hmm. I'm there to do what
1: I want to do, creating and producing, you know, good, honest dogs. But maybe it's a sign of the times, you know, but you quickly learn that you're going to tire quickly if you're fighting against the tide. There is a a tide wave of. Uh, of new breeders and opportunists that are coming into all breeds, and if you're there with your flag and you're saying, No, 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 you know, you've got to stay a uh, realist, purist, you know, you, you're going to get you're just going to get sort of overwashed and disillusioned. And uh,
0: how many people I know have thrown the towel in and said, Well,
1: no, it's not like it used to be, I'm leaving, you know,
2: and
1: it's a shame. You know,
0: you need, as you said, the, the goal is to create a small pocket of breeders and elders that work
2: together, um, all think like-minded, but not carbon copies, but like-minded, mm-hmm.
1: And your goal is producing good, honest dogs. And when you can do that in all humility, you've won. It's got nothing to do with money or, you know, material gain. Or, it's just, you know, if you can look back, it's like the photos I sent you. I look back at that with pride. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. It's like an artist that does his, his you know, his, his tableau and hangs it up, and he's proud. I'm the same thing with the dogs. When I see a dog from my breeding walking along, you have a certain pride. You think that's pretty good, and then I go into the analytical
2: and look do it. But you know, to have produced that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for. Oh, now I'm now going to put a big price on it. No, I'm just happy
1: that I've able to you know continue the good work as I said of the forefathers. So yeah, that's to be a decent breeder I think you need a big, big dose of you know thick skin and a big dose of humility. You know? We're not reinventing the wheel. We're just trying to keep the good work continuing. You know, you don't want to slip off the beaten track into exaggeration one way or exaggeration the other. You just want to keep producing good dogs and the greatest accolade is when you have an old timer saying that's a good dog, you've produced that that's good enough, that's good enough Yeah. you hear the old boys say, yeah what you've done there is good, that's good enough so it's common sense, Yeah. it's just uh, when you're a student of the breed I mean if you look at the, for example the history of the Yak Terrier the Yak Terrier was um, after the, the First World War the the uh, The fox terrier, the American and English fox terrier, used to win everything. And the Germans were sick of it. And so they said, we want to produce the German hunting terrier, which is more capable than the fox terrier. Mm -hmm. And they went about, I think it was uh, Gorbals or Himmler, one of of that lot. They they put together a breeding program. It was about 900 dogs, I think. And anything that wasn't physically perfect was culled, as you can imagine, the Germans. Cult immediately, and they produced in a very short time the Terrier. I mean, you know, if you look at, you know, Rottweiler's, Doberman's, Yak Terrier's, I mean, you've got to give a round of applause. These guys know their business, they know what they're looking for, and they are single minded and they create something. So when you look at how they've done it, and then they leave their work to the next generation in a very short space of time, everything gets fucked up got rottweilers of 80 kilos
2: walking around in Marseille and they call it the uh, Royale. the Rot Royale, this fucking big mastiff thing walking around now, the best rottweilers I've seen have been about 35
1: kilos very fit very lively very, you know it, it's any type of breed
2: when it becomes popular it goes downhill mm-hmm. and with the
1: exception of very few this is why we like working breeds because you can't
2: uh, bluff either the dog can do it or he can't mm-hmm. yeah but he's a good looking dog yeah so what can he catch a
1: rabbit can he round up a, a sheep mm-hmm. uh, can he catch a ball uh, you know can he do the job that i want him to and if he can great and then in fact it's, you go in the other way if the dog is capable and it's functional and it's great and it's perfect and it ticks all the boxes and he's good looking. You've got a good dog, but people here want a good-looking dog that can maybe do some stuff. No, you're going in the wrong way. You're looking at cosmetic. You're looking, you know, we come back to Worst Miss World. Can she cook? You know, good, decent mm-hmm. fryer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing. You want, you know, form follows function. You know, it's you've got to have a functional dog. This is why hats off to to you know the working breeds and uh, you know, it's the, it's the worst thing of, of a working breed is when it's accepted by the Kennel Club and the
2: SEC because you know it's only going to get popular and the quality's going to drop. So it's yes. not, not difficult.
1: I mean, you want to breed fit bulldogs. I've done it. So it's, it's, it's fairly simple. Yes. But you quickly come up against public opinion. They don't want that. And that's the thing. Nobody wants their dog to die at five years old they all want a dog that looks as though it will die five years old Mm -hmm. you see what I mean there's a girl a girl Carrie Ann she was a breeder of bulldogs and of uh, shepherds in in England and she does she spends all her money on testing the dogs and she does good work now she recently uh, bought an English bulldog who is very nice top breeder Nice wide nostrils, has a tail, not a, a corkscrew tail, mm-hmm. straight tail. Good looking dog, fit, and healthy. And she got it for thirteen hundred pounds, I think, instead of two thousand five hundred. Why? Because nobody wants dogs like that. Because it doesn't look bulldoggy enough. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, the public opinion. I mean, there was even the other day the BBC did a documentary on bulldog and health. And uh, they they interviewed Levit, a Levit breeder from uh, from London. And uh, yeah, okay, she breeds good Levits, nice dogs, nice fit-looking dogs. But then they went into they have a, a meet up in High Park once a month, and they went to the bulldog meet up and they said to everybody, um, "What do you think about the the English bulldog?" And everybody wanted
2: the typical roly-poly, cartoon-type bulldog, sort of me. so even though we appreciate it
1: has health problems, people want that, when they think of English bulldog, they think of that they don't think of Levitt bulldog so the Levitt is an alternative but it will never replace the, the, the classical caricature of the English bulldog so somehow you need to keep that bulldog look but sort of lessen the exaggeration and sort of increase the. health. It's possible. I mean, if you look at the uh, American Bulldogs, American Bulldogs should look like a Bulldog. should have a Bulldog head, a Johnson-type head, but with a fit body. Now, at the time, you had Johnson, who liked making money and writing his own pedigrees and making big, heavy dogs. But you can't tell me that, you know, in, in the heat of, uh, you know, the deep south, Mississippi, Alabama, and all that, a big hundred kilo dog can work all day, not possible, Mm. so there was Scott and Paynton, who were pit bull breeders as well, that crossed, obviously, but then they've gone too far, and you've got dogs with with muzzles like that, that's not a bulldog, yeah, yeah, it is a bulldog, all right, okay, in the big
2: sense of the term, it's a bulldog, but for me, an American bulldog must look like a bulldog,
1: yeah, you see what I mean, so, Mm You know, it's, I can see where the public opinion comes from, but at the same time, you've got to... If you want a fit dog, you have to educate people. You know, not necessarily shock, but the bulldog is good, but um, we have bred it. The old bulldog, if you go back into the history, the old bulldog was um, very free and easy with his teeth. You know, he would bite you for the fun of it. So they were very often attached and this is where the term band dog came from bandog is a dog in bondage a a dog attached so bulldogs and bandogs and all that there were these creatures that that were considered stupid because they would bite you you know they they were hard. but when you had the time of james hinks james hinks was uh, was a puppy miller he was he sold puppies and so you know, he came along and he worked out very quickly that we need to dampen down the character of these bulldogs because, you know, somebody buys it and then they buy their kids or buy the
2: wife. You know, you're not going to have any repeat custom. You know what I mean? He's not going to go and tell his friends about his dog. So he, you know,
1: famously did the bull terrier with a bit of Dalmatian, the white cavalier, who the Victorian gentleman always had his white cavalier with him. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, the bull terrier's were so inbred uh, to, for the color of white that they
2: became deaf. Mm-hmm. And so the Staffordshire Terrier was used to, to bring in the color again to
1: correct that problem. But the same thing, you had uh, a bit of uh, pug blood and all the rest of it brought in to dampen down that shitty character of the bulldog to make it more marketable. And so the small bulldogs were called toy bulldogs and they were sold to Paris where the, the, the gentry of the time They later became French Bulldogs. It was these small sort of Bulldogs. But the old Bulldog, and you can, when you start crossing back to get an old Bulldog, you wake up that character. I've seen some old Bulldogs that are very easy with their teeth. So people don't realise that. You have to do your history and your research to see why did we handicap the Bulldog that was originally functional
2: to the caricature we have today why did we do that well half the reason
1: was because we were dampening down the character and making a funny looking dog that you could sell okay? so you're not paying any attention to the health and the function you just want a dog that can sell so that's very cute and there's nothing cuter than a, a puppy bulldog you know everybody's gonna crack everybody's gonna everybody's gonna buy. and now we're gonna say well they're handicapped dogs what we want to do now is get back to the health Say so you have to be very careful when you're crossing back because you're going to wake up that
2: shitty character again. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want is the bulldog to start eating your kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so this is uh,
1: it's it's complex, it's rich, it's interesting, it's fascinating, and it's uh, it's a worthy cause. It's to to create a fitter bulldog, pure English bulldog, can be done. It's easy with a couple of select breeders. You can have a line. Within a couple of years, you could be breeding good, honest, fit and healthy Bulldogs. Now, the trouble is you'll come up against the uh, the irony of it is that most people want the Bulldog before with all its health problems because it looks a bit different. You see, so it's, it's, it's probably one of the
0: only breeds where there's this sort of contrast, this problem. It's like a big contradiction. Mm-hmm. You know, you want health, but then you want it to look like it's unhealthy. I mean, I, I got thrown out of the showing. I used to go there just to sort of, you know, promote them. Right, right. And uh, it's funny because it's a very, very
2: strange strange uh, milieu that when you go there, even the breeders that you know will pretend they don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> because you have a, a fit-looking bulldog. I mean, I, I remember putting up in the work, man, getting out of the van, the dog jumps out with me and
1: we start walking to the show. And there was a big show that you have to park about a mile away. And we're crossing people with their bulldogs in cages, little chariots with wheels, wheeling them from the car park in. And I got my hands in my pockets and the dog is walking off the lead next to me. And we walk in, taking our time, go and get a beer, waiting for our time to get in the ring. And the dog's just chilling as it should. It's just a normal dog. And these are, you know, pampering and taking the thing to wiping the tears, and wiping their asses, and, and you think you know, the dog is a cripple. It's a, it's a, and the same people you say hello, they they pretend they don't know you because they don't want to be associated with you because you've got a real dog. So, but it's I've seen there is a backlash. There's, uh, I think it's someone in America is doing the uh, dog de bordeaux. They're, they're doing the fit ones. Good work, very
2: nice. Mm-hmm. Um, saw the lady. I know a couple of people that
1: hunt with French bulldogs, hunt rabbits, and do very well. I know a farmer as well in near Toulouse, and his French bulldogs, uh, same thing. They well naturally in the straw next to the goats and next to the sheep. I mean, the hardy farm dogs, French Bulldogs. I mean, so there is hope for that breed.
2: It's less damaged, if you like, yeah. than
1: the English Bulldog. I think if you look at all of the, what is it, 465 breeds recognized by the Canada thing, you look at all of them, the most physically
2: damaged is the English Bulldog. Yeah. I mean, as Steve Barnett said, it's a lost cause, it's gone too far. Now, if you won the lottery tomorrow and you had the time and the space and the, the help, you could put it back on his feet, but it would take a lot of time and patience and selection. You could do it, but or you could do a small scale thing, which would just prove a point, but you wouldn't change public opinion. I think if you won
1: the lottery and, you know, money wasn't an option, you could create a place with a nice chateau where you would have a line of bulldogs. And people might sit up to notice it. But when you're starting on a small thing, people go, yeah, that's a nice-looking dog, but that's not for me. Right. The white dog I put up, Butch, mm-hmm. he was a, a, a mascot for a hairdresser in on Bravants. Fabulous-looking dog. I mean, that photo went around the world. Didn't change anybody's opinion, though. They still want the fat dogs. He's a lovely-looking dog. Wow, you know, he's, a looking dog. Well, you know, he, he's muscly. He's, he's a wonderful-looking dog. Stops there. The interest is just in that particular dog. He's nice. That's it.
2: Now, when you have a staff that's in fit condition, you get your private mails and your calls, and you're asking about the bloodline and this and that. Bulldogs not at all. They might appreciate the work that you've done, that's as far as it will go. It's it's interesting. It's very, very sort of of contradictory. It's it's about
1: bulldogs. I mean, I've always toyed with the idea, Should I get another one, shall I
0: get another one? I don't know. Maybe one day I will. I don't know. Well if I have a say you should <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course but uh, yeah. so you, you talk about um, your experiences using the uh, the the codaboo and, and what what you liked and and solve what could be the problems and what lines do you prefer etc well basically uh, if, again you look looking at history the last working dog is the codaboo the last working bulldog I mean, as I said, Cardenal in Catalan means bulldog. So, you know, nobody goes that far. And if if you look at the Spanish dogs in general, they're very hardy, very rustic, because life is hard there, and you don't get
1: fed if you, if you know for free. Especially working dogs. If you're looking for Spanish blood, you know, you get the real deal there. I don't agree with how they treat their dogs, but you know, they do create some tough, tough dogs. So, the Cardaboo was a good dog, and there was a lady that I knew, had, she imported uh, a couple. And, uh, I, they're, they're a little bit big for the Bordeaux program. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Do you have any experiences with the, uh, the Bull Terrier?
1: The Bull Terrier, uh, well, my mother had one when I was young, when I was growing up. And I always said that I would get another one. So being the competitive fellow I am there was a guy that said listen you've proved yourself time and time again with Stafford's with Bulldogs with old Bulldogs even with Terriers can you do it with the Bull Terrier so I said alright I went and brought a son of the French champion on purpose because the French champion was this big fat thing that just looked horrible. So I bought a son and then I fed him and trained him and brought him on and made a machine out of him. Uh, I've sent you a couple of photos I think. to prove it can be done. The only thing was the bull terrier swallows everything it sees. Now a Stafford in a kennels might eat some of his kennel but he spits it out, a bull terrier will swallow. And so, at 18 months of age, he got blocked intestines and died. Mm-hmm. Which was a shame, because I put in the work and created physically this, this you know, beautiful specimen. And at the same time, I wanted to prove to everybody, listen, that, that's the show champion of France, there's a photo of him, this is his son. You see, it's, yeah, genetics is important, but it's also the sort of stockmanship that you put into the dog. And so it was coming on well, but the stupidity of the bull terrier, I didn't have time to change. So we say it's headstrong and all the rest of it. They have uh, a huge problem with um, intestinal inclusion, where they just eat things. They don't even tell you, they're so tough, you don't even know they go off their food for a day or two, and then it's too late. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a shame, Again, it's uh, something that I would like to do again, pure bull terriers, because there are breeders over here that cross bull terriers with pits and then cross back again. So they create beautiful bull terriers, but they're not 100%, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my challenge was, as with the bulldog, can I create a pure English bulldog with the work I'm given, can I make it better? So I want to do that with a pure bull terrier. Can I make it better? But I also know, as we said before, if you want um, the easy route, outcross. You outcross. I mean, I remember years ago being at a kennels. I won't say the name, but I was at a kennels in London on the outskirts. And I was chatting to the guys there that I knew. And a well-known figure of the dog fraternity, the dog show brigade, pulled up in a car with a bitch, and he saw that the guys in
2: question weren't alone, so he quickly sped off, and they explained to me that very often the uh, show dogs would come to use their Irish dogs and their bigger dogs and their, their real Staffords, they would do matings with them and then falsify the papers and
1: carry their breedings because uh, this was back in the 90s. It was saying that the Stafford Bull Terrier at the time had lost uh, its character and its fire. So some, you could say some um, open-minded breeders were trying to recuperate the real character, but at the same time, it was a certain person that's well-known in the, in the show, show world that, uh, yeah, as fate would have it, no, he pulled up on the wrong day. I was there. Yeah. But again, that stays with me. I won't say anything. But just to say that paper hanging has gone on since the beginning of time. And so, you know, if the result is there, I don't see uh, anything wrong with it. Um, but then if you're selling
2: pups um, with false papers, it's not honest.
1: Because the, the person who's buying, you're not being honest with them, you see what I mean? So I'm not against the fact that there are out crosses that go on, but you need to be honest with the people that are gonna buy, you see what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Look at the German Shepherd. The German Shepherd at the time was, he was the king of his domain, mm-hmm. used everywhere, in the army, the police force, all the rest of it. And now they've replaced it with the Belgian Shepherd, the Man because it's more effective and it's got less problems. I mean, you know, isn't that? Doesn't that sound the alarm bells for breeders mm-hmm. that your uh,
2: breed that was top of the chain for
1: X amount of years has degenerated so much it's been
2: replaced by a breed that's more efficient. No, mm-hmm. you know, is, that, is there no shame there? You know, uh, and and it happens with most breeds. You know, this is what when you're a
1: purist, you've got the you have the impression that you are. Uh, you're alone, shouting against the masses, you know. Because public opinion, you know, they all go with the flow, and you're there saying, no, no, but that's not right. You know, alarm bells ringing. When you when you look at, I remember the boxers used to be used in police work, and now the boxer, no one will touch boxes anymore. I remember the boxers from uh, the Holland, from the Kennels, used to be fabulous, you know, beautiful-looking dogs. The last time I saw boxers in a dog show, they were these weedy-looking things. You know, you think the, the, the legs come out of the same hole. Uh, and you think, you know, how far have we come in such a short space of time? So I'm a, a bulldog man. I'm a stafford man at heart. And I see where the, the breed is going, but it's not just my breed. I mean, there's so many breeds that are going downhill. I don't know. It's... Uh, I think if you can, if you can get enough sort of public awareness, that small pockets of people start not necessarily saving the breed, but you know, working on the health aspects. I think you know, then you won't go far wrong. Yeah. But uh, like I said, the, the Stafford, from what I saw, I was I was judging in, um, in Italy. I was in Italy about five years ago. And what you saw in uh, athletic events were show dogs, that it slimmed down. And so five years later when I went back, you got some very, very nice dogs. I mean, congratulations to the breeders who in a, such a short space of time saw what they wanted mm-hmm. and braked for that. So it proves it can be done. I mean, when you look at the show, people in France in five years, it's plunged. And then the sport in Italy, in five years, it skyrocketed. So it proves it can be done. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it's it's very complicated because again, when you have governing bodies, from like clubs, etc., and you start speaking out against them, you're blacklisted. So you've got to be.
2: You've, the easiest way to do it is lead by example. Mm-hmm. If you look at my Facebook page, I like to post. Um, post photos there
1: you go you know, picture speaks a thousand words there's the photos, oh you want another one, there's another one, you know, want to get around to it, have a video there you go, you can see dogs or dogs that I've bred selections of people that have used my blood, you can see what you get, you know, there's no hiding it, you know, I could take to the, the, the plume and write, you know, a sort of nice sort of 15-page thing about my dogs, you know, who would read it? Mm-hmm. When you put up a few photos, yeah. Oh yeah. so that's, the proof is in the pudding, as I always say. Yeah. So when you produce, put it up there. I produce that. And the same thing, a lot of people put up nice nice photos, but then can they tell you the reasons why mm-hmm. they did that breeding? Can you tell the reasons why the, the, the parents were selected behind, why this this dog was selected to carry on, why this bitch with you know, can they give you, you know, paint a picture, not sales bullshit, but can they really explain to you their reasoning, you know, and where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. And if they can, this is why it's interesting when you, you, you listen to um, other dog breeds and listen to their points of view. And again, not just just registered breeds again if you talk to the gypsies about the Wheaton Terriers the Wheaton Bull Terriers you know the the crosses uh, the lurchers if if you're talking about that you know and and why did you do this And if you could even go further if you talk to the the, the guys that breed pigeons uh, Mm -hmm. game fowl finches why do you do this selection you don't have to be uh, you know Mendel with his genetics but if you get a a, a, a feeling for why people do things and what do you think and, you know, a, a lot of... It's not the sort of, It's the old uh, old country stuff, you know. It's the old... It's not old wives' tales, but it's the knowledge passed down. You know, why did people... For example, someone once said to me, and I think it was the Goldwyn affix and stuff, it's if you mate two dogs together and it produces a cracking litter dog. So you've got two well-bred line-bred dogs, you mate together, they produce a cracking litter. The next season, mate them again, and the litter will be superior in quality to the first. Now I heard that, and I thought, well, bollocks. There's no uh, scientific
2: proof for that, but I'll do it to see, and you know what is right. Mm. Every time Mm. I've done a repeat mating, the quality afterwards is better Mm. than the first guitar. And, and you say, and there was an old boy that, that told me that. Uh,
1: they also told me as well. You know, if, if you want to put a stamp on a breed, breed something decent, pick the best female and put the father back over her. And that's the quickest way to get where you want to go. Now they banned breeding in France. You can't do it. But in the early days, I started doing that. Charlie Brown, you, you pick his, the best female, and put the father Charlie Brown back over her. How to correct a kennels in, in three easy steps. I mean and it's again it's knowledge passed down. Mm-hmm. But there's no scientific reasoning, there's no backing to prove that's that works, but it does. Mm-hmm. Father daughter meetings, great. Mother son, doesn't give anything. Brother sister, And so I've done it all to see, and you know what is right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's this is why it's very important to, if you're going to breed, just immerse yourself in the subject and, you know, just put your ego to one side and go and ask people that have proved themselves over many years why and how, and what do you think, and, and just, you know, and my, for many years I had bars and pubs, so of course I'll invite people in for a drink. So, you know, you can build up a wealth of information, but through tried and tested techniques. Because a book won't only tell you so much. Right. Talk to the old guy, you know, the, your old neighbour with his allotment, you know, who used to breed, uh, you know, greyhounds. Talk to him, and he'll explain a few things. And some of it might be true, some of it not. But you know, if you've got enough of that built behind you, say okay. Mm-hmm. The terrier men, you know, I've got a good friend that lives uh, in. The door doing not far from me. Wealth of information. You you spend the weekend at his place. Hospitality top. uh, You know your your missus will be pissed off because you haven't spoken to her for the weekend. You're just listening to this wealth of information that's coming up.